Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Dive Into Diet. I'm with the star of the show, Lucas Schmidt. How's it going, man? Good. How about you? Well, I'm, I'm a little confused here because I feel like I'm talking to Dr. Frankenstein. Ah, but yes. It's, you know, Frankenstein. Uh, yeah. yeah. Neurosurgeon. Not, <laughs> no, not even close. Guys, <laughs> you probably know uh, Lucas is the star of the newest show at the Jonesboro Repertory Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I always struggle with repertory. 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 Yeah. JRT? Yeah, JRT. What's it called? Young Frankenstein? Young Frankenstein. Uh, if, if you guys haven't checked it out, it's uh, what, what's the last weekend you guys are doing it? This coming, so it's third weekend of October. Well, that's going to be after this filming is out. So, <laughs> so you know, it's sorry we missed you. But maybe you, some of you have already seen the show. And, and so it's possible. And you enjoyed it like I did. <laughs> uh, so what's on tap today? What, what are we doing? What, what's the show about? We're going to talk about well-known diets but you may not know what they mean so a lot of the times a diet has a flash like, like a flashy word like keto somebody says i'm doing keto this month and some people might think well what does that mean or or when you have a, abdominal surgery and they says they give you that discharge paper it says you need to follow a f- low fodmap diet mm. I'm like like what does that mean and so it's not going to be like the end all be all on these diets it's going to be kind of a rapid fire i have a stack of car quote-unquote cards, massive little wooden cards, (laughs) Uh, so we can sort of associate an image of the word with the diet. And I'm going to just sort of give you a rundown of the diet, not giving them maybe a recommendation that you do it. It's more of to help people understand what's out there, what does it mean when I hear this. So this is going to be like a rapid-fire kind of bulleted list of what each of these diets that a lot of our audience have already heard of, yeah, what, what, what they're for. What you can expect if you try one, yeah, things like that. All right, let's let's so. start out. You mean pull a card out? Yeah, you pull. All right, draw. here we go. Let's go. Pick a card, any I'll, card. I'll do this one. The here. top card, yes, easiest one. All right, one. guys. So if you're if you're watching on the on YouTube, this is FODMAP. Yes. So talk Observe to us about this. Observe my lovely handwriting. It's terrible. <laughs> um, FODMAP. That's an acronym. And let's see if I remember what the acronym stands for. Fermentable. Oligosaccharide, disaccharide, monosaccharide, and that's the easiest one, and polyols. You might be going, what on earth is that? So these are all forms of uh, sugar and how they interact in your digestive system. Um, why would one recommend or try the FODMAP diet? Digestive problems. So a lot of people have extreme gas and bloating and discomfort, and a physician or internist or whatever might say, let's try a FODMAP diet to see what happens to your gut. Um, it's, it's often suggested post-surgery, specifically like abdominal surgery. So when you have like a laparoscopic surgery, that what you, a lot of people don't know is they blow you up like a balloon because they're not cutting you open, right? They're going in. Mm, yeah. And they inflate your gut and inflate your abdomen depending on where they're working. And that causes a lot of digestive distress, temporary, of course, as the air dissipates over the next week or two. But so FODMAP diet will be recommended for people um, post-surgery. And that's, uh, the doctor will will tell you, or surgeon will recommend that. Um, It's a challenging diet though, I will say. And the reason being long list of foods, okay? So I, 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 I don't remember the list, actually. And so I screenshotted a FODMAP list of foods. And here you'll hear why. This yep. is a difficult diet to understand. Um, because foods you think would be great are not. Okay? So here's foods that it's recommended you avoid. Asparagus, 
beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, eggplant, fennel, garlic, leek, okra, onion, shallots, wheat cereals of any kind, um, persimmon, watermelon, uh, chicory root, apples, apricots, avocados, blueberry, or excuse me, blackberries, not blueberries, blackberry, cherry, lychee. I mean, the list is massive. And then yeah. this is foods that you can have, and you'd be like, well, what's the difference? Banana, blueberry, boysenberry, cantaloupe, cranberry, durian, grape, grapefruit, honeydew, kiwi, lemon, lime, mandarin, orange. So it's kind of confusing. So there are large online databases that dietitians and doctors have created for the FODMAP diet. And it, and it comes down to, the reason it's kind of hard is because it comes down to the type of sugar or fiber that's in the food. It's mm. not, it's not, oh, it's high fiber, so I can't have it, or it's low fiber, so I can. So a lot of the times it ends up being that way. Some of these fruits are low fiber fruits, and that's why they don't bother you. But it's just recommended you'll you'll be given a list. That's sort of what the FODMAP diet is. Okay. Um, and the reason they use an acronym, obviously, because all <laughs> of these massive chemical-related sugar words. So. What's All right. Next? next one. Let me see here. Let's go. Uh, let's go this one right okay. here. Ooh, ketogenic. Ketogenic diet. Okay. So ketogenic diet, often called keto. Um, it means to put yourself in a state of nutritional ketosis. Okay. This is a state that our body goes into. It's a chemical state where carbohydrates are no longer what our body uses for fuel because we're not consuming them. So you use what's called ketone bodies, which um, the body derives from fat. Okay. Um, and it can be used as fuel. Ketones are, can be used by the brain as well. Fun fact about ketosis and the ketogenic diet is it was developed, officially developed, in the 1920s and 30s for epilepsy treatment because doctors observed that patients who didn't eat at all, they went in a fast, their epileptic seizure episodes dropped as far as frequency. So one few doctors concluded, well, let's try, they just sort of elimination and worked, figured out that, oh, it's a state of ketosis, not a fasted state that lowered the, the prevalence of epilepsy. I'm not saying ketosis is a treatment or cure for epilepsy. <laughs> it worked in 20 to 30% of the patients, which is a lot of people, but it depends on what the cause of the epilepsy is. Yeah. So. It's a it's an interest it's a very popular diet and I would say ever growing in popularity. Uh, in fact, the American Diabetes Association, I think in 2019, um, they have even come to recommend not a full ketogenic diet but a low carb diet as a treatment for type two diabetes. Which I think they've been a little behind on that. <laughs> Insulin, glucose, la la la. Diabetes is caused by too much sugar and too too many carbs generally. There are other causes, of course, but that's one of the main culprits. So ketogenic diet, 75% um, of your calories are fat. Uh, it's a medium protein, so 25 to 30%, and a low carb, 5 to 10% is your carbs. Do you, out of curiosity, like to look at percentages versus like, because I've also heard ketos like, less than 30, 30 carbs? Yeah, well, percentages, so it's, that's a good question. Um, it's easier to track. Keto, I think, is, is an easier diet nowadays to track because um, I would count grams of carbs. It's easy. People are, can't do that. I mean, I don't do that math. Let's, let's see, 10% of my caloric intake today. No, yeah. I'm just going, you know what? I'm going to try to stay under 50 grams of carbs or 30 grams of carbs or 20, depending on... 
It depends on your activity level. So if you're right. highly athletic, you can afford a few more carbohydrates. You're, you're still going to be in the state of ketosis. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The thing that people don't understand about ketosis, this is the main thing I need to explain about ketosis if you're going to try this diet. First, inform your doctor, especially if you're a diabetic. Because if you are taking insulin and you go into a ketogenic state and you're taking too much insulin, you'll have some really bad reactions to that. Um, your blood sugar will plummet and, you know, that's not a good thing. That When you have too much insulin in your system, down you go. So the other thing is you can't partially do keto. I've heard people yeah. say, yeah, I did, I did a little bit of keto this morning. and then, No, that's not how ketosis works. It's a chemical state of the body. You're either in it or you're not. It's, it's all or nothing. That's why it's hard for some people but really easy for others because the penalty for cheating is you're kicked out of ketosis and it takes three days to seven days to get back in that chemical state. And it's hard work getting into that. Right. State. You're avoiding carbs. You're going to feel hungry at first as your glycogen levels de deplete. So long and the short is you're either all the way in or you're all the way out. Does it matter? Because uh, I, I know we got to move on to the other diets. But yeah, yeah. Does it matter how, like, how do you recommend people try to stay in ketosis for a certain amount of time in order to have the effects of it? Yeah. I mean, but if you're interested in, in, Reaping the benefits of the why do people do ketos to right. lose weight generally? Um, you need to commit to it for a month to three months generally. It. So it's and, not like oh, I was yeah. in ketosis today. No, yeah, you don't <laughs> want to do. You're ping ponging in and out, and that's that's crazy. It takes about three days to a week to get into it. Okay. Um, I'm not specifically recommend a ketogenic diet. I have tried it. I enjoy the benefits of it, um, but I missed fruit. So because fruits are high in sugar and you're not going to be eating fruit and keto unless it's like raspberries or blackberries right. in small amounts. So that's the downside of keto is you, you miss a lot of plant foods that you might enjoy. So, All right. Next. Let's go to the next one here. Let's see. Let's go with this top, top one, one right here. I, I, Mediterranean. I've heard a lot about this. Yeah. And I, I know this is a very popular diet in it's the functional medicine world. Very popular. Anti-aging world. Uh, mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about it. So Mediterranean, this is an interesting one because I consider it – it's easy and it's hard. It depends on your temperament. It's a difficult diet plan to follow if you have uh, impulse control problems because it allows such a wide variety of foods. But that's also why it's an easy one to do is because right. you don't feel as restricted in a Mediterranean. Right. Because you're like, well, what does that mean? Generally, this is general now. There's going to be some small differences in certain people's opinions about Mediterranean. But that, based on the information I've gathered, it emphasizes whole foods, meaning not processed, okay, not factory-made foods. So we're talking fruits and vegetables generally, you know, without, you know, you cook them or whatever, right. but they're not processed. Uh, I'm going to say healthy in quotes, healthy fats, because there's a debate about what healthy fats are. But And I'm, this is not about opinion. I'm just trying to give you what, what the proponents of this diet say. Healthy fats like olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, fish, um, omega-3 fish, so sardines, mackerel, um, tuna and salmon, particularly salmon, and then medium to low meat, excluding fish. That's my understanding is they'll eat red meat and things and pork, but very rarely. It's sort of once a week, maybe even like once a month. Okay. The emphasis is on lots of healthy like plants. So greens, a lot of beans, to, uh, depends on what region you're talking about in the Mediterranean. And then healthy dairy. So think about Mediterranean, the things, the foods and cheeses from the Mediterranean area, feta cheese, sheep cheese, pecorino romano, parmesan, um, things like that. So that's healthy fats, healthy dairy. 
and um, it, it has an emphasis on um, whole grains and things like that too. Um, I'm not saying maybe oatmeal as much, but like if you went to Italy, um, they use uh, semolina flour to make their pasta. It's like a higher, higher protein, high fiber pasta. So that's sort of the emphasis of a Mediterranean diet. So it's sort of a balanced diet. It's like a healthy, balanced diet, emphasizing whole foods. <laughs> so next. All right, next up, let's see. Let's go, let's kind of stay in the Mediterranean yeah. uh, world. Oh, sure, yeah, paleo. Well, paleo is interesting. I have, have I done, paleo, I feel like if you're avoiding processed foods, you can accidentally do paleo. <laughs> like you yeah. can stumble into a paleo diet. My understanding of paleo is it's a hunter-gatherer diet. So yep. if the food had to be <clears throat> grown in an agricultural processy sense, it's a no-go. So grains are a no-go in the paleo diet. Rice, um, I don't believe rice is because it has to go through processing and, and hulling. Oatmeal, all of these things are not considered paleo. I, I, oats, is, that's tricky. You're, both, you're mostly focusing on healthy meats, um, there's no dairy in paleo, I don't believe. It's fruits, honey, um, vegetables, and meats. So it's just pretty much a very, it's low on the processed foods. But all fruits? None. All fruits are, are fine? To my knowledge, I believe so. Okay. I believe fruits are fine. Um, it does so sound it, pretty simple. Vegetables, fruits, yeah. and meat. Now, some paleo person out there is going to see this and go, no, you can't have, and you could be right. Um, but the, I'm giving general emphasis. If we want to deep, deep into each of these, we could do an episode, 10 episodes on each of these and the <laughs> ins and outs. Um, and we might do that. But the paleo is a, just think hunter-gatherer. Okay. If the hunter-gatherer couldn't find it and couldn't figure it out, then you're probably not allowed to eat it. That's sort of the running rule of the paleo diet. So like the hunter-gatherer might kill a deer and cook it on a fire, right, to make the meat more palatable. But what they're not going to do is grow a bunch of wheat, cut the wheat up, grind the wheat and make flour out of it what? so it's it's sort of a old school diet uh, coffee nuts are okay paleo i i don't know if paleo is okay in coffee what but yeah i mean coffee beans aren't really palatable uh, well, that's what i was their, thinking like in their wild form i follow that logic i'll get back to you on that i actually should have checked that before i brought up paleo i'm not sure you know, but that's a no-go for me I, I, not I think we lost a lot of our listeners there with, yeah, the, <laughs> with yeah. the with the no coffee that's tough it depends on how purist you are i guess okay so this is one i have not heard of this yeah. is ornish the ornish diet uh dean ornish dr dean ornish came up with this diet i believe he's a physician heart I think a cardiac physician in California, I think, in the 1970s or 80s. Uh, it's a little less known, but I want to put one in here that's not as well known, right? Um, he developed it as a intervention. It's like a very specific intervention to reverse um, arteriosclerosis and, and heart attack risk. Hmm. So it's sort of the—so we mentioned keto, which is high fat to lower your risk for diabetes and things. This is the opposite approach. This is— incredibly low fat we're talking five to ten percent um that is a ten percent that looks like 109 it's not it's a ten percent <laughs> my handwriting's terrible uh low to medium protein 20 percent and high carb 70 percent of your diet is carbs. interesting now i will say for the ornish diet um there are a few intervention studies which i, I generally like intervention studies and it's not a permanent diet, I don't believe. I mean, some people probably, it's called the Ornish lifestyle, believe it or not, they call it that. It, I think the prescribed time is 12 weeks. 
is the amount of time you do. So it's sort of a that makes sense. It's sort of an extreme intervention for someone who's at a really high risk of recovery. I am not recommending it. I'm just saying that's what it was designed for. You can speak to your doctor about it. Um, so a high emphasis on plants, obviously, because a lot of fat comes from animal products. Now, the difficulty with this, I was doing some reading on this diet. You're not even supposed to consume fish, even though there's healthy fats in there. The, the most animal thing you can consume is egg white. No egg yolks. Egg whites for your protein source and then vegetable sources, of protein, like beans and, and legumes and things like that. That's really interesting. Isn't that crazy? It's like the only diet so far I've seen that's like no fish, no healthy fat, omega-3 fish. No, it's, it's all emphasized avoiding fat. It's like 5 to 10 grams a day of fat, which some people might think, oh, well, what does that mean? That is hardly any fat at all. Right. It's really hard to get that low in your fat levels. Um, um, but like I said, there are a few interventions that have been done with it, and they saw some improvement in short-term um, arteriosclerosis and things like that and risk for cardiac arrest. So You know what? I love that. I love going over, you know, diets that we, we don't talk any about. Yeah. And, you know, just to get people thinking. This is cool. Yeah. That's not something I would want to do. I love animal products, but, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, look, I sm we smudged the you last one. Is that like fate? Hang on. Look what I have. Be prepared. We're, we're, we're doing I have a, a marker. We're uh, working on the, the prop here. You got, uh, look at that. I figured this would happen to one of these. And this is actually, I, I love this one, and you'll see it when we when we put this card it's up. It's a fascinating and probably the most controversial diet currently, and I would say. Really? I would say one of the most controversial, yeah. Okay. Well, well we'll next to veganism, I think veganism and this one compete with each other for who's the most controversial. So, so if you guys aren't, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, I have up here a card uh, on the carnivore diet. Carnivore diet. The most controversial diet right now. I would. I, I hate this. I don't like to deal in absolutes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. This is kind of risk. It's one of them. Yeah. It's one of the most controversial. So carnivore diet. Carnivore meaning. Meat eat. All meat, meat. All meat. Meat eating. Yep. Um, humans are considered omnivore generally by most people. The vegans would say we're not, that we're, that we're uh, what is it, herbivore. But carnivore is the approach that you eat only meat and animal products. Um, I think the description itself makes it sound controversial. I'm not disparaging it, however, because... I will say in the interviews I've watched with the two ma major purveyors of it, which is Sean Baker, Dr. Sean Baker, and Dr. Paul, I should have put doctor next to this, Dr. Paul Saladino, um, they're both big carnivore advocates. And I've watched them engage with, with other physicians and scientists about this diet, and they are very well versed in biochem um, and, and nutrition in general. They're quite well-versed and they can cite research newer research and things like that um it's carn it's, it's controversial because it sort of flies in the face of a lot of the epidemiological research which is like the majority of nutrition advice given by doctors is based on epidemiology which is the study of large populations okay usually you hear about that with like viruses um especially with covid a couple years ago you heard epidemiologists they do studies on large populations to yeah. see they also do it, that's the majority of the research that prescribes diets is based on epidemiology. So you get 30,000 people over 10 years and you say, how many times do you eat red meat with surveys? These are not specific, that's how these researches are, these research papers are produced, most of them, is you ask people questions. Well, there's problems with that, right? Sure. You can't scrutinize 
they say, yeah, I ate red meat three times this week. What, what they don't ask is, was it on a hamburger bun covered in sugary sauce? No, they don't ask those questions. They just generally sort of get a, it's a generalized study. And that's the criticism that both of these guys have with nutrition research is it's not intervention. It's not double blind. Like, like we have, we hold drug research right. to a high standard, but we don't hold nutrition research. Now, the caveat is here, it's hard to do that. It's sure. hard to do intervention research with nutrition because everybody's so different. So... That's why there's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of argument about it. But let me break down the diet, though. That's sort of a, a tangent. Um, you these these guys would say it's not just oh I can eat bacon all day. No, 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 no. There are actually strict rules if you want to be healthy and carnivore that they say you need to follow, and that would be eating organ meats. <laughs> so liver, heart. It's called nose to tail eating, which is consuming as much of the animal as is palatable, including bone. Meaning you want the um... tendon, fat, gristle, protein. You want everything. Because so you can't just have like thighs all the time. You no, have... you're not eating a ribeye every day and nothing else. Okay. Um, okay. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. The, there are, there's actually animal products are incredibly bioavailable. In fact, protein from beef, for example, is 93 to 100% absorbable mm. as opposed to plant-based, which is like 50% absorbable. You have to eat a lot more plants to get the same amount of protein. 80 grams of bean protein next to 80 grams of beef protein is not the same. Nice. Yeah. Not when you break sense. it down. Now, that's based on the... There could be somebody out there that's going to disagree, and, I, and, and I'll admit I'm wrong if the research comes, if I'm presented with that. But the general research suggests you need to consume more of plant protein to equal the same amount of animal protein. Interesting. And that's just the basic chemistry of how we absorb foods and that's why they like the carnivore diet is because they're saying we're absorbing 93 to 100 percent of everything we're eating and like a liver like a beef liver for example has a massive amount of vitamins and minerals in it essential for survival so uh, if 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 you were coaching somebody on the carnivore diet would you ask that they go organic um yeah like, and that's the hard thing carnivore can be pricey too yeah so, and yeah the quality of the animal and how it's treated does affect its meat eggs as well and the things you can eat in carnivore are eggs and, and some and some dairy if you can tolerate dairy because um, it's an animal product and paul saladino and we're going to talk about him really quick because he's got a sort of a side tangent he consumes honey he says that's an animal product bugs make it insects bees they make it it's an animal product um so the carnivore diet can be because when i think carnivore diet i think hamburger meat steak yeah yeah chicken now sean baker i think it's it's typically also by proxy a ketogenic diet because if you're doing We're only extremely a, low carb, there's yeah. like zero car, very low carb. There's some naturally occurring carbs in dairy and uh, maybe some organs, but not many. Um, uh, Sean Baker, I think, is a car, is also ketogenic by proxy. Um, Paul Saladino wrote a book called Carnivore Code, but now he's come out and recanted some parts of the book, saying we do he eats fruit. So that's sort of he's like modified, but it's still animal based. So the majority of his calories are from Got meat it. and organs, Got it. with some supplementary fruit in there because he's a like an athlete and he and he wanted the carbohydrates in his diet. And so Paul Saladino is kind of a hybrid. He'll eat almost like paleo, I guess. But carnivore is essentially you're eating organ meats and and healthy meats, grass fed, grass finished beef, things like that, pasture raised eggs. Um, and, and healthy dairy, like, like low processed dairy. Um, we're talking a few cheeses and maybe some like Greek yogurt that's organic, um, things like that. 
So highly controversial, especially with cardiologists. They're going, no, all the saturated fat. Right, ah. right. Um, now, I will say the great, the, another reason I like these guys is they, they'll publish their own blood work. Really? Yeah. So they're like, you can tell me all you want that my heart's going to explode, but you have to engage with my blood, my blood lipid panel and tell me otherwise or vice versa. So. I love that. Yeah. Now, I'm not suggesting carnivore. I'm just, that's, it's interesting. It's very interesting approach. I don't know if I can eat an organ. Paul Savalino, I've watched him eat breakfast. I watched a video. He eats raw liver for breakfast. <laughs> now, they do sell, like, des like you can take liver organs in capsule form, which that would be what I would do if I did that because there's just no way. <laughs> there's just no way. I like chewing on tendon, too. It's just, oh, jeez. <laughs> It's so wild, but uh, yeah. that's something we'll probably have to do a a, a couple of episodes on. Yeah, is yeah. this diet? Because I know people are people are definitely, you know, no pun intended, kind of diving into, you know, yeah, and that, that's just that a type of thing. Short list. There's so many of them out there. Yeah. And we, we'll probably do another episode like this. And I'll yep. give another list of them. And I will say, fun for future reference, we are going to do an episode where I'll have my lipid panels drawn and I'll try one of these. Rock on for a month. We'll come back and see what happened. That's awesome. Well, guys, uh, let us know what you think about this format because we are going to do more like this. I love this going over all these because I know you guys hear about the different diets but not maybe not know exactly what it's for. Lucas, uh, you dove into that today, and yeah. I feel really strong about all these different diets. Cool. Except the orange. All of them at once. Let's try them. <laughs> Except the orange. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Woo. That's a tough one. I'd miss my, miss my steak. So. Guys, thank you all so much. Uh, this has been Dive Into Diet with Lucas Schmidt. As always, we will see you guys next time. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.